Feel that after that big show introduction, we should have a much better show than we do. <laughs> just get your hopes up so much with the great intro music there. Hey everybody, welcome to the UGA Sports Live podcast. My name is Ronnie DeBulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan. The reason you are all tuned in here, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon, maybe during your lunch break, or maybe you're just uh, you lock the door to your office, won't let anybody in while you sit with us and talk Georgia football. We have a lot to talk about. We've got some quarterbacks stuff to talk about. We have a ton of questions from our readers at UGASports.com, the number one place to get your recruiting news, your team news, and your basketball news. Shout out to Mike White. He just got a commitment about 30 minutes ago from Noah Thomason. Uh, they point, I mean, they, they guard out of Niagara. The guy scores 19.5 points per game. I think that fills up uh, Mike White's roster. He's uh, got six transfers, so uh, he's probably uh, – Anthony Dasher has a story about how he's filled out his roster, so it's done. Uh, congrats to Coach White, who had just made a killing in the portal. Um, his players look good on paper. We'll see how he can uh, – the chemistry he can bring. And it's very fun to watch some of these kids pick uh, Georgia over, you know, a, say a Rick Patino team or some of these other uh, big-name squads that are out there. So good job, Coach Mann. Good job, Coach White, uh, landing those recruits. Uh Appreciate you guys joining me. If you would, folks, if you're watching this, please share it with your friends. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the little notification bell so that you're notified when we are on. It's usually Tuesday at noon, but sometimes things change because we might have other stuff going on. Like Coach was out at a uh, golf tournament. I think he's hitting them deep for you, Coach, or are you just hanging out? No, I'm, I'm in the uh, retired list on the golf. But just wanted to give a shout-out to David and uh, – Lindsay Pollock and the Pollock Family Foundation for all the uh, good charity work they do in the community, particularly for the Children's uh, Health Care of Atlanta. And just uh, yesterday was, you know, this is the seventh one that they've had. And just the feeling there among all the Georgia people was like, it was like somebody just got a new suit or a wife got a new dress or something. They want to strut their stuff, man. I mean, Georgia football is what's happening. And uh, just a tremendous showing of uh, ex-players. Got to see a lot of my ex-guys. And uh, some of our uh, players this year were there, too. Uh, you, you know, it was just the way they interacted with the uh, fans. And uh, just, just overall, Kirby was there. Coach Rick was there. And uh, – you know, you don't want to want to be too cocky or anything about because uh, success is always very much fleeting. But I just wanted to interject to all our fans here that uh, if that is the general feeling among uh, everybody out there, we got it humming right now. I mean, uh, we, which you should. I mean, you're up there seeing those two national championship trophies sitting there and, and you got guys like David Pollock, David Green and DJ Shockley and Russ Tanner. And I want to shout out to Russ Tanner's wife, Shelly, who always watches our show religiously, counts on it uh, for her uh, bulldog fix. And she was among the many volunteers that are out there. A lot of people have to be involved there, signing people in, handing out door prizes, handing out, you know, gifts to the players. And then Mike O'Malley and his staff out there at the Georgia Club just do a tremendous job of promoting the uh, tournament. And, uh, you, you know, I just think it's worthy of our uh, accolades here to give David a lot of credit for, for what they do. Uh, you know, working with Sheldon, Steve, of course, Sheldon's retired now, but he's done so much for uh, the children's health care system over there in Atlanta. And for all of us that have been there or had family involved, it's just a tremendous uh, uh, undertaking to take care of all these kids. So any kind of promotions that can help that, it's certainly good. But uh, overall, uh, it was just uh, really good to kind of be out there. And uh, you always kind of like a high school reunion or something. You know, you go back to see everybody. But uh, there, there was it was a really good show. And finally, we got some good weather I, I was worried about it. last year. We got it rained out, and uh, Roddy, your boy Eddie, was there. 
uh, he, he's a big supporter too. One of the big, uh, uh guys that, uh, supports the tournament too. So, uh, future president of the United States, Eddie Perez right there, folks. And, uh, get your t-shirts I, early. I wouldn't doubt that either. Uh, but anyhow, let, let's get going on with something else. But, uh, coach, I want to mention something that you touched on. When you talk about the mood amongst the folks, you've been doing this longer than I have, but I started covering Georgia 9-3. You and I have gone to uh, uh, Bulldog Clubs, and I remember we were speaking at a fantastic uh, hunting lodge uh, before Georgia won their first national title, or uh, won uh, two years ago. And you told us, folks, look, hey, I'm, I'm telling you all, this is the year. And we've had that kind of – we've seen that kind of optimism, that hope, but just the doubting Thomases for decades, for decades. And you've talked to Bulldog Clubs. I've talked to Bulldog Clubs. We still do it if anybody wants us to come speak to one. Uh, we get out there and you give them some great insider stuff. But the way you broke down the team before that 2021 title, and you're like, look, this is, this is, this is a team that, you know, you wish to have. You told everybody the defense was going to be generational. And – even with all the stuff you're saying, you could just see the, the looks and the faces are like, oh, I want to believe, but I've been hurt so many times before. Now you go to these Bulldog Club meetings or you go to uh, get to a, a speak, you know, you speak to a group. And you, like you said, it's just that camaraderie, that weight's been lifted off your back. And with the two back to back, it doesn't feel like the first one was a fluke. And now you're looking at possible three-peat. Uh, May 26th of this year, so what are we uh, – a couple of weeks from now, will be Georgia's 500th day as the reigning national champs. It's it's special, folks. And uh, when you get a bunch of fans together like that who've given money, you know, uh, who've given their heart and soul, who've played for Georgia, who fought for Georgia, who've rooted for them through thick and thin, you get them all together for a golf tournament. Man, the the beer flows uh, faster, the jokes come quicker, and the uh, excitement is palpable for what Georgia has going on right now. No Coach, how was Kirby's golf swing? I, I was worried that playing with Steve Spurrier a, a couple weeks ago may have soured it a little bit. Yeah, I don't think that Kirby actually played yesterday. He was doing like I was, shaking hands and everything. Coach Cavins out there. He's a good golfer. But, uh, you know, I think uh, getting back to what you say, uh, the proof's in the pudding. Uh, there, there's always going to be the, the reality difference between reality and what's going on. But, uh, you know, we just got such a good situation going and you, you want to be careful that, you know, you know, you don't get overconfident or anything like that, but uh, just got to enjoy the ride right now. I mean, uh, it's just, uh, it's nice to be able to, uh, to understand not only the success they're having, but the quality of players. I mean, you go out there and, see a guy like Lad McConkie and talk to him and see him interact with some people from North uh, Georgia who, who are from his area that, that like they had a group from Dalton. And one guy kind of busted me. Uh, he played at Furman uh, in the nineties and he said, yeah, coach, we got you that one time. I said, you sure did, but we got you those other four, but other five. <laughs> but, uh, he, he was right. I mean, he, he, he was, he was enjoying busting the old coach because that was a tough loss for us losing to Furman. But, uh, it's just uh, – and, you know, guys will come up to you and talk to you about, hey, my son is a player, but, you know, he's not going to Georgia, but he's going somewhere else. And, hey, that makes you feel good. And even if they're not, if they're just going to school. But i tell you one thing that's overriding, and I'm, I'm not saying this except out of genuine thanks, is how many people in the last month – you know, I've been to three different Georgia functions, one for the collective, one for Jack Bowerly, and this one for Coach, uh, for with, with Coach Smart was there along with Coach Rick, with uh, David Pollock, and the amount of people they come up to me and say how much they enjoy our podcast is just unreal. And I'm not saying that to to brag. It's just it makes me feel good that people like to hear us talk about Georgia football. And you know, I don't believe in false praise. I don't think these people come up and BS me so. But, you know, it's nice to know that they look forward to it every week. And I'm just putting you guys on point, man. we got to deliver. we got a lot of people counting on us here. Yeah, Dane. That's why we have Coach. Me and Roddy just press the buttons. Yeah, they don't come up to us and go, man, we love the show. We love hearing what you have to say. They love 
we like hearing what Coach Don has to tell us. So, no, I mean, they just overview the whole show. And they, don't they mentioned, okay. you, don't have to, you don't have to spare our feelings, Coach. You mentioned about the uh, film don't lie. I mean, we got a lot of different avenues for uh, uh, people to watch our uh, and listen. But uh, let's we'll go on here. And we're going to have another feature here tomorrow that I think is going to be important that Dane set up for us. And uh, tell us about that, Dane. Yeah, NCAA postseason for men and women's tennis at Georgia. We'll have the head coaches uh, on our YouTube channel tomorrow. So Manny Diaz from Georgia men's tennis and Jeff Wallace from Georgia women's tennis. The final run for Jeff Wallace, as it was announced this week, that uh, he will be retiring after the season, after just uh, an eternity, a lifetime. Uh, So much experience that has been at Georgia Bowerly's retirement, and then now Jeff Wallace. Uh, th- these are some legends, some titans of Georgia coaching. And congratulations to Drake Bernstein. Uh, kind of coaching, waiting here. Played at Georgia. Is uh, there's a really good piece on the uh, on the UGA site that uh, uh, Joe that Frierson wrote about uh, Drake. You know, was always wanted to be a Georgia player, coach, and now he's living the dream. And one other uh, just uh, tremendous amount of respect for uh, Coach Diaz. He lost his father yesterday, 96 years old, lived a great life. And uh, it's been it's been heavy on uh, Manny's heart here the last week or so, uh, as his dad uh, was in the last hours. But uh, I think it gives the team a lot to uh, play for here uh, for Manny. Uh, as we get ready to go for this NCAA and, you know, Manny was contemplating going down there and then coming back. He was down, down there earlier this uh, spring, but uh, now he'll go down to uh, Barium uh, after the NCAA. So uh, good, good people here that, that I had a lot of uh, respect for when I coached here. We're good friends of mine still are. And uh, now we'll go on with the show. We had a lot of uh, kudos here, but let's get on with the info here. I'm excited to ask Jeff, too. I met his uh, son, Jared, uh, a couple weeks ago. I was the producer of TEDx UGA, so the TED Talk series that comes through. And Jared Wallace, Jeff's son, was one of the presenters. And uh, that'll be on YouTube pretty shortly here in the next week or so. Yeah, um, that kid, that guy, he's a young man. He's Paralympics. He's a Paralympian. And uh, just really fast there. I mean, he can, uh, he can outrun a lot of our guys, that's for sure. Yeah. His story is fantastic. So I'm excited to ask Jeff about that too. All right. We got some uh, questions we want to get through. We want to talk some quarterback stuff. We'll mention that after our first break here. I want to bring up our buddies over at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, I know I talk about them all the time and people start rolling their eyes like, oh my God, you're talking about this beer company. It's a beer company. It's, it's They make fantastic beer. They make fantastic food. You'll absolutely love it if you go by and check them out. Uh, they Right now they need some help in the kitchen because they're always uh, – and they always have a, a lot of people out there. So they need some help. And, you know, if you want to work at a brew pub with a lot of money and they pay really well, very competitive based on your experience, stop by the brewery today. They will take care of you. Uh, of course, they had a, you know, huge Cinco de Mayo special out there. That's to be expected. Uh, their Irons Premium Lager, uh, they had a big weekend celebrating all their first responders um, uh, um, earlier this month. They still have some of it. The uh, Irons Premium Lager out there, it's on tap and to go. So you can actually buy some and take it home with you if you try it at the bar, if you like it, great. Uh, their Sour Syllabus is still out there. The Midnight Adventure is one of the favorite. Uh, that entire Sour Syllabus series, which I can't say quickly. Uh, the Midnight uh, Adventure has been one of the mo- their most favorites. People have loved it. But again, check out the beer cooler. Try it out. Uh, try the food they have out there. Check out their, uh, the you know, they have bike nights and then they have car shows and they have live music all the time. So check out our friends at Academia Brewing Company. When you get the chance, you will not uh, be disappointed. All right. Uh, I want to mention our friends also at Europi. It's 1216. If you're listening to this later on, I'm sorry, but 1216 on Tuesday, you have time now to pull out the Europi app, jump on it and get your uh, orders in for this evening. Hell, get it for lunch right now. If you use the app, you're going to get double points because it's a Tuesday. You can order it for tomorrow. You can order it for Wednesday. You can order it for Saturday. So you can get your order in, get your points now, and pick it up later or have it delivered later. You de- you design your pizza. You design your um, uh, your salad if you want or your um, uh, pasta. You tell what you 
pick your crust, pick your cheese, pick your sauce, pick your toppings, same price, you know, as many toppings as you put on it. They don't charge you extra per, uh, per uh, uh, topping and it will be the best pizza you have. Also, if you have the app, they send you free little, or not, you know, they send you codes. So like yesterday I got a code, Hey, want a 14 inch cheese pizza for 10 bucks? I'm like, well, hell yeah, I want a 14 inch cheese pizza for 10 bucks. And I, they sent me the code for it on Monday. So I uh, ordered that. My son, who's in town before he heads down to the beach, absolutely loved it. So check them out when you get a chance. We've been so deep into Georgia spring football that I don't think that we have mentioned a ton about some of the other movement, especially with some quarterback things. And I texted the coach a couple weeks ago and said, I just want to know what you think about Alabama's quarterback situation. But then, Roddy, you know, I'm pretty greedy. So I want to know what coach thinks about all the quarterback situations because it's <laughs> He knows more about quarterback than I'll ever forget. So let's just run through these. I've got my list of who I think are the contenders for these spots. And, Coach, I just want your gut reactions, not some crazy deep analysis, just whatever you have. We'll start in the SEC West. LSU, Jaden Daniels is likely the starter. Garrett Nussmeyer staying with the team. Well, I think Nussmeyer coming back is big for uh, uh, LSU just because a success he had in the second half, even though we played very vanilla against him. I mean, uh, he did make a lot of good throws and he's got the good arm and he's got the pedigree. His dad was a coach and uh, it gives him a, a hope for the future from the standpoint that the one kid transferred to that they had transferred to Ole Miss that was a high recruit. So, uh, uh, of course, Jaden Daniels gives you a dual threat guy that uh, really improved immensely as the season progressed thought they got a good feel for him, uh, what he could do but really good and what he didn't do well. Uh, he can move around in the pocket and uh, gives them a, you know, a very good quarterback room. Walker Howard is that transfer goes to Ole Miss where Jackson Dart returns, likely the starter, but Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State also in the mix there. Yeah, you just don't know what what's going on with Spencer Sanders. He had a good career at uh, Oklahoma State, uh, one of the coaches guys that I know out there used to say about Spencer, he's good enough to win the game for you, but he's also bad enough to lose it for you. I mean, he's up and down. He's a very good player when when he's good, but when he's bad, he makes a lot of mistakes. So I think that was kind of an insurance policy that, uh, that Lane brought in there. Uh, he couldn't really practice a lot this spring because of a hurt shoulder, but uh, he'll definitely put the pressure on Dart. I thought Dart uh, had some ups and downs last year. We didn't really didn't think he was much of a runner coming in from Southern Cal, but he's developed in that regard. And you know that uh, that's one of the styles that Lane Kiffin runs. I don't know who's running the offense all together. I don't know if it's Charlie Weiss or uh, a little bit of both with Charlie and Lane, but uh, you know, they got the good back coming back and uh, a lot of transfers. I mean, they've got more transfers probably than anybody. Uh, in the SEC, so uh, we'll see how they they, they operate. We got to play them here uh, as a home game. I was just looking that up, November eleventh. Mississippi State returning Will Rogers, but in a different offense post Mike Leach. May he rest in peace. Yeah, they brought in uh, uh, the coordinator from Appalachian State, who you know had a good run there with that Bryce kid who transferred in from Clemson, and uh, Appy had a lot of ups and downs last year. A couple big wins. You know, but a couple they beat Texas A&M, but they had some tough losses too. But I think he's a will be more under center type quarterback style. It seems to like that more than the shotgun that coach uh, that they used to have at Mississippi State under Coach Leach. Uh, saw Ryan Gody yesterday, our uh, tight end who has played a lot on special teams and is a very good athlete. Transferring to Mississippi State, he's fired up about going down there. Got two years left. Uh, his uh, wife-to-be is a volleyball player. He's going to play down there for the Bullies or the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. So uh, they're getting a good player and, and Ryan, and uh, we'll see how that works. But I think Rodgers is going to have to develop down-the-field passing ability. If he's going to be under center, he's not going to be able to throw those quick dart things, quick screens, bubbles, all those things. He gets a lot of behind-the-line plays. Uh, he's, he only had one pass over 40 yards the whole season last year. So uh, he's definitely an accurate guy. We'll, we'll see. But uh, they, their defense returns a lot of players. And uh, I think that they're going to be a team that could win more games than they're projected to. 
Ryland Goody graduates from UGA this week and does so with the Carmichael Sports Media Institute's Sports Media Certificate, meaning he's coming to take our jobs. He's going to be good at it. He's good. He's good. Uh, Arkansas, Sam Pittman returning KJ Jefferson uh, once again going for that big bruising running back up the middle, Coach. Yeah, I mean, they got a good running game. Uh, the passing game still, who knows what it'll be. They, you know, got a new coordinator. Their guy left and went to uh, – went to um, uh, Texas Christian, and uh, we'll, we'll just see how that works out. Uh, he brought back a guy who's been with him before uh, as, a, as a coordinator. So I think Jefferson is, is a guy that, you know, you got to control defensively. You know, just can't let him beat you with his legs and make him beat you throwing. But he's so powerful back there that he, he breaks a lot of tackles. But the big thing for me on, with Arkansas is their defense says they're going to pressure more and take more chances. Uh, we'll see. Uh, their, their defense let them down a lot of big games last year. They had uh, lost a lot of close games. So uh, we got a new defensive coordinator from Central Florida. Uh, we'll see how that works. Uh, I think Arkansas is right on the bubble here of either you better do it this year or then all that stuff you're selling. As far as hopes and dreams, the reality is they hadn't been able to get over the hump. They got close, and he, he did a good job starting out, but they kind of kind of in a medium trend right now. Texas A&M looks to be a battle with Connor Wegman and Max Johnson. Yeah, I was surprised yesterday to read that A&M's bringing in a dual-threat quarterback from uh, Fresno State who hadn't played a lot. Uh, but I guess they don't have but two scholarship quarterbacks, so this guy – coming in there to give him some more depth. But, you know, I'm a big Max Johnson fan. I don't know a lot about Wigman. I talked to Daryl Dickey, our new analyst here, was offensive coordinator out there, and he thinks that uh, both of them give him a good chance. The biggest thing, they got to get the old line to protect better. These guys got, got a whooping last year, not only on sacks, but just got hit a lot. They lose A-chain, they're really good back. Uh, they got that one good receiver back. But it looks like Wigman's got the edge right now. Didn't they spend $30 million on a recruiting class? Couldn't they find some offensive tackles? I, I think they spent a lot, but uh, everybody's spending a lot. But, uh, you know, let's just face it like it is. The guys are making $9 million and they lost six. I'm not talking about five. I'm not talking about four. I'm not talking about three. I'm not talking about two. I'm not talking about one. They lost six straight games. I think he's making more than nine million a year. Yeah, but here's the one thing. You can say about Jimbo, he's he is one and one against Alabama the last two years, and not many people can say that. And went to the wire with him last year, last play of the game. But you got to play these other teams too. <laughs> That's a good point. Auburn brings in Peyton Thorne from Michigan State this past week. He'll be competing, likely getting the job over Robbie Ashford, Hugh Freeze's first year. Yeah, I knew we were going to talk about this, so I did a little research, and I asked Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator up at Michigan State, what was the deal there? And he said, you know, the guy's a two-year starter for him and uh, had had two years left, and uh, he just said that Coach Tucker opened up the competition in the spring, and he was still the starter when the spring finished up, but these other two guys were pressing him, and uh, I don't think the kid liked it that much, so he decided to leave. I can't put words in his mouth, but, you know, he's not going to have a very good supporting cast, but a lot can happen between now and, you know, with the transfer portal. I know they just picked up a lineman from Tulsa, and people say, how did that happen? Well, the offensive coordinator there now was the head coach at Tulsa last year, so he knows a lot about it, just kind of like Billy Napier brought in that the Torrance kid, that offensive lineman from uh, who was the best one uh, Florida had from uh, Louisiana last year, so you you know pretty much what your team looks like. And if you've got a player that you've coached, you bring him in there to supplement that. But I just think Auburn right now, personnel-wise, they got to make a quantum leap to make any kind of move there. I mean, Freeze is a good coach and all, but uh, Robbie Ashford, very versatile, good movement and everything, but sometimes he can't throw the ball in the Atlantic Ocean if he's in a rowboat, man. He hit the hedges more time over here against Georgia when we played him than anybody's ever hit him, I think, beside the guys that were uh, cutting him after the game. I mean, he threw a lot of balls in the head just now. Reggie Ball would like a word. 
Damn, coach, that's mean. Well, <laughs> George plays. Georgia plays Auburn the fifth game of the season. Georgia's first road game. Certainly had some success in the Big Ten uh, with a win over Michigan, and he lost. You know, uh, whether why he left or not, you got to think that he uh, feels like he's got a good shot there at Auburn. And I know they got a good young quarterback that Mike Bobo recruited from down in Savannah that uh, needs a little bit of refining, but he's also in that room too. But uh, Freeze over the years has looked more at the uh, dual threat type guys, and and this guy that that came in, Thorne, is not much of a runner. He's a really good passer. And the genesis of the question, the Alabama Crimson Tide, returning Jalen Milrow, bringing in Tyler Buchner from Notre Dame, Ty Simpson also on that roster. Well, let's don't forget to talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks because I want to get up to their ass. Well, I'm just this is SEC West. We're going to the East after the break. So, uh, but you know, it was kind of a stunning deal, right? The day after spring practice, uh, uh, this guy comes in, but you know, he played for Tommy Reese up there. And the interesting scenario is Tommy Reese brought in a quarterback from uh, Hartman from Wake Forest, a fifth year guy. Might be a six-year guy, I don't know, but, you know, had a lot of records at Wake Forest. He brought him in to compete with this guy at uh, Notre Dame, and then Tommy leaves and goes to Alabama as the offensive coordinator. I think it certainly makes you feel like that they're not really sold on these two guys. I think Milrow and any other system would be really good because he's such a good runner, and uh, maybe there's so much made about how he runs, but – uh, his passing's got to get better. Of course, Ty Simpson, highly recruited kid. I think his dad's actually the coach at uh, at, TC, at UT Martin. I'm not sure he's a coach somewhere, but anyhow, uh, he, he's a coach's son. And uh, neither one of them really jumped out in the spring. But there's a lot can happen between now and then. Their supporting cast, though, is a lot better, except maybe a receiver. They got a lot better defense, and uh, you know Alabama's going to be thorn and a lot of team side this year i mean everybody's talking about lsu all that but uh i don't think bama's is near as down as some of these teams are saying some of these people are saying roddy let's pause and do the uh, sec east after this break all right uh, i want to mention our friends over at athens ford because they have some fantastic new deals and you know it's been tough to find some of the new specials when you know back in the day when or, you know, past few years when Cars were hard to get, hard to get them a lot, but uh, they've got some fantastic deals right now, like the 2023 Ford F-150, number one selling car in America, the XLT-302A. You can get up to $5,000 off MSRP and, notice this little and sign there, 0% APR for 36 months. So 0% financing, you know interest rates are insane right now, but you can do 0% for 36 months and $5,000 off. Usually that is an or, usually you get a discount or a deal on the financing, and they've got that for you. Uh, 2023 Ford Explorer. I love my Ford Explorer. I've driven dri- driving the wheels off of it. I use it all the time. Uh, you get $4,000 off on the MSRP on that and 3.9% financing for 60 months. So if you want to do 60 months, you get 3.9 and $4,000 off. Uh, Expedition, $3,000 off, uh, 3.9% APR for 60 months for qualified buyers. Check out our friends at Athens Ford and remember anything you get from them will have a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. You don't get that at every Ford dealership. You get that at Athens Ford. That's what makes them special. That's not putting down any other Ford dealerships. It's just saying when you want to get one. We had somebody on our board today, uh, or excuse me, yesterday talking about uh, Ford F-150s and the differences in the engine. Uh, be sure when you decide the only one you decide to get the one you want. You get it from Athens Ford, so you get the lifetime powertrain warranty. It covers a ton of stuff. Also, I want to mention our friends over at Prime Shrimp. Okay, uh, if you don't know what Prime Shrimp is, you hear us talking about it. It's you know, like, why why the hell are they selling shrimp? Is this, is this gas station sushi type thing? Because we love shrimp. That's why. <laughs> well, again, this, the story is Prime Shrimp. They reached out to us and said, "Hey, can we send you some shrimp?" We're like, "Yeah," and then they sent it to us. I'm like, "It's fantastic." I'm like, "How'd you do that?" Prime Shrimp is actually a company that makes uh, seafood processing equipment. They sell these giant machines to other companies, but they also have a retail division where they take shrimp, they clean it, they peel it, they take seasoning that they get. They're in New Orleans. You know the best food in the world is in New Orleans. They take all their New Orleans seasonings. They drop them into the uh, little 
clear plastic bags with the shrimp, then they freeze it. They ship it to you frozen. It comes to you with dry ice and a uh, cooler, uh, you know, a, a cool box that doesn't let the dry ice melt. You take it, put it in your freezer. Then when you're ready, you say you want to have shrimp or grits, say you want to have shrimp alfredo, say you want to have shrimp tacos, whatever the hell you want, or just a snack. You take it, you drop it into the uh, boiling water, like minute rice, flip it once or twice, take it out, eight minutes, you're done. Uh, sometimes even faster, uh, depending on the thing. Try it out, you'll love it. Use promo code UGA Sports, get 20% off your first order. I guarantee you will order it again if you try it the first time. We'll start at the bottom of the SEC East. Vanderbilt coach, I never know what's going on with Vandy's quarterback deal but ken seals is still there for i think his fourth year uh drew dickey walter taylor hayden moses but vandy i i thought played better last year than the talent it had on its roster yeah the one kid transferred where, where did he go did he go to uh the one that played so good at the end of the year i think he, transferred. he went to mississippi state i believe right I think, I think that's where he went but yeah but hey how about those vanderbilt commodores who did they beat the gators <laughs> I mean, come on! Uh, they beat the dog out of the Gators up there at the at the uh, Vanderbilt Stadium, and uh, the guy is just uh, uh, the coach Clark Lee really believes in these kids. Uh, you know, they know what they can do and what they can't do. Uh, they're well coached and they're working hard. They're in, increasing their facilities, and maybe they're getting some better players. But you know, every every time you play them, you just look like it's so hard for them to make any big plays that uh, athletically they get hurt against these teams that just pummel them rushing the passer. So they got to get better protecting the quarterback and they got to get better at making some big plays, but they made some improvement. That's for sure. And schedule sets up for them to win, you know, a few of these non-conference games. So uh, I I just don't, I think everything quarterback wise is going to be related to how they protecting missouri returns brady cook but they also bring in transfer jake garcia who if you remember in the recruiting process was the guy that during covid left california came to georgia played at valdosta for one game before being ineligible and then ended up at grayson and then went to university of miami it was this whole ordeal yeah i mean jake gets the allied band line man he's been everywhere uh, and i hope he hope it works out for him but uh you know cook did some good things against us i mean uh he you know first half looked good uh, i think one thing that coach drink has done is uh he's given up the offensive play calling and then brought in another guy and we'll see how that works uh maybe they'll try to go for it instead of kicking field goals uh la 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 but uh you know <laughs> the guy's unbelievable going for field goals particularly when they're down but anyhow, uh, defensively, boy, they looked good last year. I know Kirby uh, and our staff were impressed with the way their their defensive scheme. A lot that guy had some background with Muschamp, I think, at Texas. He was a GA for him or something. But runs a lot of Georgia stuff, and uh, they did a good job of mixing it up against us and confusing us a little bit in the first half. But I think another team to me, Arkansas is on that trending what could go either way i think missouri's on a downhill line right now myself kentucky loses will levis but does get transfer quarterback devin leary from nc state you got to look at leary as being one of the best transfers in the country i mean could have been until he got hurt last year with my alma mater nc state they were rolling and uh, this guy's big physical uh you know, I don't know if he got a horse farm or what he got, but they get, they paid him some money to come up there, that's for sure, because he had a lot of looks that people wanted that he could go in and start for him. Uh, it was a good move by Stoops getting him. So, and he brought his offensive coordinator back from the, the Rams, who he lost for a year. I think the big thing with this team is we know they got some big-time receivers, young guys. I know Brent Rollins was telling me before we played Missouri uh, – Kentucky last year early on in the season I think he was watching them against Florida and was talking about all these guys that that uh, and you saw in our game they hit a long pass across the middle to one of these guys but got good receivers they lost the back you know who's been there forever uh Chris Rodriguez yeah I think he played there when Bear Bryant was coaching but uh <laughs> that guy's been there forever but I, I like I like 
Kentucky to make a move back the other way compared to last year. I think they'll be much better. Here you go. South Carolina, Spencer Radler. Greatest quarterback of all time, Coach. I want to give Spencer some really good credit for those two games he had against Tennessee and against Clemson. Just looked like a different guy. He did. Uh, you know, I think if he can keep that going, they brought in a new coordinator. They lost their guy to uh, – I don't know if there's a foresight or what, but he left and went to Nebraska, and he brought in this Loggins guy from uh, uh, Arkansas who has some background in the pros. He was a GA for Houston Nut there, and Houston said he's a good, sharp uh, college, you know, coordinator. So we'll just have to see. But, uh, boy, they lost some players. I mean, they're running back. Lynch went to uh, – Marshawn Lloyd went to uh, USC. One of their tight ends went back to Oklahoma. Another tight end went to Florida State. Uh, they lost some really good defensive players to the draft front and secondary-wise. Uh, whether they'll be able to sustain that level – uh, is a lot to be determined to me uh, what they can do. They've recruited pretty well, but I would say uh, Arkansas is on the bubble. You know, uh, Missouri's going backward a little bit. I think the, these guys are going up. It's going a lot of it's going to be depend on Rattler, but uh, you, you got to be careful about how many interviews he's doing. Now he's talking about going in the first round. A uh, We'll see what happens, but I'd be really surprised if that happened. Tennessee turns the keys over to Joe Milton. Well, Joe, for everybody, just to check your uh, memory box, was the starter two years ago, and then uh, he got hurt a little bit, and then, you know, Hooker comes in and just takes the bull by the horns. Uh, guy's got a big arm. and got a big frame. He's right – for what they do because he can really throw the ball down the field. I don't know how good he's going to be on the underneath stuff, the screens and things like that, but uh, he's going to be challenged by this freshman they got coming in. And uh, here's another team that's really relies on the portal. What can happen between now and, and the fall with their portal guys, if they supplement them with a few more players, particularly receivers, you know, they lost some good guys there, but, uh, and I know where Coach Heupel was mentioned, he said, we're not only going to be a good defense, we're going to be an elite defense. Well, I don't know what they're eating up there. If they become elite, I want to take some of that and speak to my players. The Florida Gators look like they will be playing Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz at starting quarterback. You know, I remember Mertz in high school, and I watched him, and, you know, it was a big deal about being a great recruit. And, uh, he, you know, he just never has been able to do it up there at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, he'll have uh, – again, here's a team that's going to rely on the portal. I mean, they lost like, over 20 guys already to the portal. I don't know how many guys they're going to be bringing in. they started to recruit a lot better now the last year and a half. Some of those Gator guys are staying around, and they're getting them. But uh, – Boy, there's a lot of negativity there with Florida. I mean, instead of looking at why something's right, everybody's looking at why it's wrong down there. And uh, they got to get it rolling pretty quick here. I mean, you got to think about that. Crystal Ball's really recruiting well in Miami, and Florida State has turned the corner. And when Florida State's humming, uh, it's harder for Florida for sure. I mean, that's no, that's not a real big statement, but. You just, you just see usually one of the teams is really up and the other one's maybe pretty good and the other one's down of those three. And right now, to me, Florida State's humming, Miami's coming, and Florida's living on Tulsa time. Yeah, Florida's been killed by, you know, Georgia and Alabama going down there and getting top recruits when you think about when they took, you know, the, those two cornerbacks out of South Florida and got them both. And, exactly. Let's you know, Plus Texas A&M two years ago got two of the top five in the state. Yeah, you know, Coley's going to do his thing. So everybody's picking. And again, Florida's loaded. So with 300, 400 D1 athletes, it's not you can still get a roster. But when the best are going to teams that you have to face every year, you know, right. and then then and that was with Miami just being terrible and FSU being terrible and having all their issues. Now all of a sudden, if those two teams are good, all of a sudden Florida's like, what the hell? You know, it's like. It's gets to be slim pickets down there. Now they're better, like you said, but uh, yeah, I just think you know, all of us love Florida not doing good. I mean, hey, that's the way it is, but just remember this Billy Napier could coach. 
He do. I got a ton of respect for him. Watching, watching him as an assistant coach, uh, watching what he did at, at Lafayette. And let's just remember, it's just the second year of uh, his regime there. You know, a lot of – I don't say that he's going to be a Kirby Smart or anything, but he does come from the Bama background. He knows the footprint. He knows what to do. And there's a lot of bull gators down there with some heavy pockets. So watch out. Yeah, and I think they're going to actually keep I – mean, everyone thought that this might be the last time Georgia faced Florida in Jacksonville. This will be the last year on their contract. But I'm hearing from some pretty good sources that it's going to be an additional two more years at least. So um, yeah, You never know what, you know what the rationale is going to be. But I think with the impending – schedule coming out like it's going to be it's hard to really you know from the sec for yeah. 2024 it's just hard to make any really long-range plans on anything i, I mean i think ou texas is going to always be at uh, be there and then georgia florida is going to be a game that's going to be a natural on the schedule but where it's going to be uh, and you got to look at the financial part too that's for sure uh, it's like you have sometimes you get some unknown things come up uh, like our having to make these repairs on the uh, Stegman Coliseum. I mean, you don't have budget for that. I mean, it's not, don't feel sorry for us. We, we got some money, but it kind of makes it harder to do some other things sometimes when you got a unknown expenses like that. And that's what I was referring to. When you talk about the Bull Gators, I think there's a more incentive on the Florida side to keep the game there than the, from the Georgia side. But when people are ponying up, and I expect the city of Jacksonville to pony up some serious money saying, look, you will make a lot more money playing here than you will a home and home. And even though the coaches may want to do home and away, the uh, administration will be like, Oh, really? That much more money? Yeah. Well, let's do that. So you got, Hey, you got to pay the bills. Got to, got to do that. Speaking of, we need to pay the bills. And I want to mention our friends over at dead Soxy. They are a, a fantastic company, couple of Ole Miss grads. Yeah, I know Ole Miss, but they love college football. They like, they, love making a good product. They made some fantastic socks that are incredibly soft. They don't have that annoying seam on the top of it. They don't fall down your leg and they make them in team colors. Now, the ones I have on screen right now, for those of you who are listening to this, you need to check out, go to deadsoxy.com, put in promo code UGA sports, get 20% off your order. Uh, but these, the, the colors are just sharp. The, and the guy, I love the Georgia ones, you know, the state of Georgia with the, uh, the, the stripes on it. Those are just killer. You know, the, or the ones with the the star where Athens is, you know, that's just it, – it's ingenious. So they're lucky socks. They started advertising with two years ago. Georgia's won back-to-back -back national titles. I don't think it's a coincidence. I just think that uh, they make damn good socks, and uh, we appreciate them sponsoring our show. You can show them how much you appreciate them sponsoring our show by going to deadsoxy.com using promo code UGA Sports, getting 20% off your order, and sign up to be on their little mailing list. They'll, next time you buy a pair of socks, they'll send you a free pair. So uh, hit them up when you get the chance. Also, speaking of somebody who sponsors our show and sponsors a lot of our, the stuff that we do, uh, right now he has a, uh, a quiz on the dog vent. Our friend uh, Andy, Andy Ludecki from My Perfect Franchise. If you can go guess which franchise he's talking about on a board, he will pay for three free months of your UGA Sports membership. And we've been doing this for a couple of years now, and he's good to his word. Every month he gives away three extra months, and I add three months to somebody's uh, account. So that's worth 30 bucks. But basically what My Perfect Franchise is is a company that helps you determine what type of franchise you would want. So if you want to get out of the rat race, you want to have you know unlimited uh, pay time off, you want to be your own boss, you want to have people reporting to you instead of you reporting to other people. You want to take charge of your life. Reach out to Andy Ludecki at MyPerfectFranchise.net. He's going to do a great job sorting through 3,000 different franchise opportunities, you know, from uh, turnkey to high investment to low investment to a lot of time to a very little amount of time. He's going to narrow it down to what you want to do. It doesn't cost you anything. So reach out to him. It's a free call. It's a free consultation. And he will take great care of you, as he has done for many UGA sports readers who now have new businesses, thanks to Andy. And it didn't cost them anything. Uh, the only other quarterback situation we didn't discuss was George's, and we talk about that every week. But, Coach, I didn't know if you wanted to say anything about Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff. Yeah, I mean, how about Brock and uh, Brock Bowers had that camp over in Winder, had 500 kids there the other day. Unbelievable. So, congratulations to them on that successful deal. But, 
you know, I think uh, we got a good room there. All three of those guys really uh, know what to do and uh, uh, be a very competitive fall. Uh, certainly Carson's got the edge, and uh, he deserves that right to uh, have the first shot at it. And, uh, you know, it's his, his, his baby if he can keep rolling. Certainly uh, both those guys got a lot of ability. Questions from members of UGASports.com on the dog vent. A lot today on Georgia's running back position. Uh, PA Dog 610 says, Coach Donnan, please address the running back situation for the 2023 season with Kendall Milton, Andrew Paul, and Branson Robinson on the men. Do we need to worry about depth? Yeah, you always worry about when guys have injuries. I mean, uh, certainly they got the best care ever over there with our medical team uh, with the doctors and Ron Corson and his staff, but you know, sometimes things happen that are beyond your control. Uh, all three of the injuries seem to be, uh, I think, Milton certainly the, easy, the the less with just a little bit of a hamstring. And I think the fact that he's been around here so much that they didn't press him in the, in the spring to do a lot of stuff just so he could heal all the way, uh, I think that was a good move. Uh, certainly, uh, Paul had an ACL, and he's had good repair, and he's come back. I think you'll be cleared, ready to roll. And uh, uh, Robinson uh, had a kind of a freak toe injury there that they had to repair. And, uh, you know, he's on a scooter there for a few weeks. But they, they expect him to be ready to go, too, when the fall camp rolls around. But that is a good question because three guys are just not going to let you know for sure already. But, you know, we, we've got uh, other good players there at that position. Uh, and they had a lot of good work with with the kid from California, Robinson, in the spring. And uh, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Roderick Robinson. Roderick Robinson. And uh, and certainly uh, with 30 coming back, he know what he's going to be able to do. I feel good about our, our situation. But there's a little cause of concern because of the injury. So if they are okay uh, like they're supposed to be, then we'll be really good there. Question from Billy Zane, outside of injuries, what do you think is the biggest or most common reason that a big-time recruit just wouldn't pan out in college? And he had a bonus question. Should Kirby Smart grow graying sideburns and wear a butterfly collar? I'm thinking of 1970s John Robinson. <laughs> well, you know, there's all kind of reasons why guys don't pan out. Sometimes they've reached their uh, potential when they come out of high school. Sometimes they uh, – just lose interest, uh, fall in love, whatever it might be. There's a lot of different things that happen to them, injuries. But, uh, you know, competition sometimes, guys can't react to it and have always been the big fish. And all of a sudden they're going against other guys. So, uh, you know, I could say a lot of different reasons. But as far as John Madden. Uh, John Robinson. John Robinson had, had that too. I know John Madison. John, did you know John Robinson and John Madison? John Madden were roommates in college. Really? Yeah. No. So, yeah. Uh, so I always liked John Robinson. I mean, when he was at USC, I visited, and he actually did one of our championship games, uh, color up there at uh, Marshall. And uh, he, he's worked, he was working up until last year for Coach O down there uh, at USC. I mean, uh, LSU as a kind of analyst. I don't know if, uh, but, uh, Here's one thing. When we were over at the Nike thing in, in Hawaii one year, uh, they had this hula contest. And, you know, you had to get up there and do it with the coaches. John John Robinson's wife was from Hawaii. Unbelievable. <laughs> he just wore everybody out. I mean, it was just mouth open. You know, she's a nice-looking lady, but. She had it down now. Every, all the other women were trying, but, I mean, it wasn't fair. She kicked it butt on that hula. From 83. But that's, that's what I remember, man. She was – she had it happening. <laughs> From 83, WR Dog, coach tells a lot of jokes. What other coach is the best joke and storyteller? Oh, I don't know. I'm not even there. He some of these guys. Uh, you know, Coach Switzer – good storyteller i mean he's got all these players and stuff that he he recruited all the things he did uh you know I've, uh there's a lot of a lot of guys that uh, mostly people like to hear 
you know, things that have happened with you, stories and all. But I got a joke at the end of the, of the, of the deal today I think they'll like. From Big Dog, Coach, I've noticed the LSU women's basketball team wasted little time in getting an invite to the White House uh, for their championship season. Do you know what happened to Georgia's invitation? I don't really know what the deal is. Uh, maybe we got a Republican governor or something. They don't want to uh, look at uh, look at us from that standpoint. But uh, I mean, you got you got to think two time champ. You'd be going there. I know they're taking the men's basketball team from Connecticut and also. Uh, LSU and how about LSU and the transport portal? I mean, they've got some money going through that basketball program. I mean, picked up that girl from Louisville and that uh, that girl from uh, young lady, I should say, from uh, Duke from up there to Paul with average twenty five last year. There's just not going to be enough balls for that team down there. How you going? Who's going to get the ball and and shoot it? But uh, it's still going to be South Carolina, though. Yeah, they made a big commitment to. Women's basketball, we've got a big commitment too, and our coach is doing a good job recruiting. But you know, South Carolina to LSU. I mean, South Carolina just signed the junior college uh, player of the year too. Come in there, so we'll see how that works. Coach, was a White House visit something you did with Oklahoma or Marshall? No, we never were invited. Uh, Joe Manchin was our uh, senator back then, or maybe the governor. He's still a senator up there, and he tried to work it out. And uh, we, we just couldn't ever do it, but they didn't want to bring in a division one double A team and start a new precedent. But uh, we did go uh, and had a, a national had a state marshal day at the uh, at Charleston. And uh, one of my players, a country boy, they they made me an honorary something up there from the state of of, uh, of uh, West Virginia and. Uh, and this old country boy said, you know what that means, coach? And I said, no. He said, that means you can marry your sister if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from JCAT75205, coach, the only thing that worries me about Kirby and the program is burnout. How many years can Kirby keep up this pace, and what can he do to not burn out? Good question. Hey, that is a good question. I never will forget. Somebody asked Bobby Knight about that one time you know he said coach how do you work he said and this is what bobby said i don't know what's burnout 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 is this burnout what is it what is it he said what is burnout he said i'm coaching my guys hard i'm gonna keep working and i'm not gonna burn out but he that was a great question by a guy and i don't even know i said that too but i remember bobby getting after that guy but the real deal with our team is uh and Kirby mentioned it, you know, you measure success in degrees, you know, well, Hey, what would have happened last year if we hadn't have beaten Ohio state and we'd only lost one game, you know, we at least played up to our potential pretty much. And that's all you can ask, but there's such a high level of uh, expectancy here. That's for one thing, but not any more than what Kirby and his coaches have. And he continues to reinforce his coaches with new guys, brings in new players and, uh, you know, uh, it's just a challenge of like a company making their uh, making their payroll and keeping their benefits up and all that. You got to do the same thing with your your team. And I don't necessarily mean payroll, but certainly getting paid some here now with collective. But it's really, uh, I think we got a good culture here. If people watch the first of the show, uh, a lot of good elements here. Not just the head coach. Uh, everybody in the system here is pretty much in tow. You know, that brings up an, an interesting question to me because I've worried about Kirby Smart. You just hear how intense he is. I'm like, how can any human being keep that up? Just, you know, 18, 19 hours a day. But but the flip side, though, is if you're a coach and you have not had national championship success, how do you keep – I mean, if you're not winning, you know, you're not at the level that Kirby Smart's been where he's won all the, you know, the championships with Alabama, now the championships with Georgia. Uh, things are going good. If you were, you know, if you're Clark Lee and you're struggling all the time, you know, and you've or you've been at a place and you've never had that success, how the hell do you not burn out when you never achieve that success? So, yeah, I think a guy like that, though, he knows what they got to do and he measures success in degrees, success for them, probably getting to a bowl and you got to look at it. But I think the one thing about Kirby being driven and all, if you just go back 10, 15 years, he was in that same kind of 
criteria there at Alabama where they won four national championships. So he he knows what it's like, and he's not going to pace himself, but he knows how to uh, kind of cut back and all. I know how much he enjoys watching his kids and uh, play tennis and baseball and soccer and all that. And fa- your family gives you a little bit of a get away from it. But, uh, you know, every every job, people have different demands in every way of life. And you just got to uh, understand that you, to keep everybody shooting at, you know, the wind starts blowing a lot higher, the higher you get up. And I know when we were in Oklahoma, we had, we had it rolling there, you know what I mean? And uh, we, we had to be careful about pinching ourselves, how good our players were and all that. But as good as we were, we lost two games that we should have never lost because we made stupid mistakes, fumbled two punts inside the five. I mean, you're going to have a hard time winning when you give team 14 points. And then uh, quarterback breaks his leg. I mean, things happen. But uh, uh, it, it's a it's a big, big pressurized deal when you worry about a little bit about you can't lose one game. Yeah. I mean, uh, golly, I mean, I enjoyed going to work there and everything, but you go in a convenience store and people talking to you, hey, you better bear down this week. You know, the line's 30. <laughs> <laughs> this also brings up the question about the, uh, you know, players that don't pan out in high school. And you notice there was a lot of talk during the NFL draft about this guy loves football, you know, or we need to check and see if he loves football. A lot of these guys, it is their job. It is no longer a fun sport that you do when you get paid to do, you know, like Nolan Smith, you can tell he's having fun out there. Other guys, we've talked to them, you know, behind the scenes and they won't go on the record, but they're like, man, I hate going to practice. I hate, it's my job, you know, and even though you have the greatest job in the world, you can dislike it. And some of these guys do get burned out by the time they get to college. And then all of a sudden, uh, how how can you tell? Because they tell us. I mean, what is burnout? <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. And they, uh, they, they're like, hey, I just, I hate doing it, but it's my meal ticket. And when it was so easy in high school, you know, they didn't have to put that much effort into it. But now think about if you're a defensive lineman at Georgia right now, the competition you have in the depth in that room where you're a cornerback trying to fight for one of these spots. You know, you were always a starter. And all of a sudden there's these guys who are hungry or may not be as good as you, but are hungrier than you. Yeah, that's it's easy for them not to pan out, and it's easy for a coach to get burned out. It's it's a it's a rough job, even though everyone yeah. everyone wants to be that guy. Here's the thing about a job, regardless of it's the athletics you're playing or whatever you do, who is your boss? That means a lot because you want somebody that that uh, is going to be consistent and goes every day. You know what you're going to get. And our players know that with Kirby, that uh, he's going to be demanding, but he's also going to be – he's going to take care of you. He's going to do everything he can to help you when you graduate, get a good job, help you with the pros, whatever it might be. So uh, these kids speak to each other and, and, and understand it, even though it is demanding and it, it's tough. Uh, the results are there. The proof is out there. Uh, you just see all these guys, how they develop and uh, where they were – whether it's Robert Bill or Jordan Davis or whoever it might be, you know, weren't household words, but they ended up, you know, doing well. So we got a good system in place. And uh, the general tendency for anybody, all of us, is when things are going well is, you know, how is this going to crumble? What's going to happen? All that stuff instead of, like I started out the show today, you know, we got to enjoy the ride here, you know, Hey, let's enjoy what's going on. And, uh, it's, it's an unbelievable, particularly older people like me, uh, just to have this kind of atmosphere where you, you know, it's so productive to see these guys and see what they're all about, not only being good players, but just good kids that enjoy winning, but, but they're also, uh, they're enjoying each other. You know, uh, I know Ryan Goaty hangs with Radledge and those guys, he's going to miss that relationship uh, just like Stetson's going to, Miss his guys. I saw Warren Erickson yesterday. Great team player. Got a shot going out there to Denver. Hopefully he'll make it. But just a big part of Georgia's success, a good team guy. 
JB Leslie asked, despite not doing a great deal of film study on the matter, it does appear that our defense has used a lot of pressure packages involving linebackers, and so it seems reasonable that other SEC teams would be scheming to neutralize that. How can Georgia continue in that scheme with so much success? Can you discuss the evolution of defenses? Yeah, what happens is every team in the offseason scouts themselves and also looks at their opponents and sees what was good against them what hurt them, everything like that. It's continue. Uh, you continue to evolve about your best calls and what was good for you and what wasn't. And uh, that's one thing that I think Coach Schumann, uh, Coach Lanning, Coach Tucker always look at what we did and uh, try to uh, implement using your best players and getting them on the field and letting them play and cutting down the mental errors. But uh, – Everybody's going to study us. They, uh, that Ohio State film's probably been watched more than any film in the country. Uh, but the problem is they don't have C.J. Stroud. They don't have Mark, Marvin Harrison Jr. and some of those guys, Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle. So even though those plays look good, you got to have players to execute them. So self-evaluate, self-scout. But we're doing the same thing with ourselves here, uh, how we can get better pressure, what we can do. Uh, which I think we're going to be a lot better on the back end this year uh, with our Bullard back there at safety, Malachi. You know, we, we're going to be good back there and corner competitive there at the other side. But uh, And then linebackers, who are you going to put in the game? I mean, your two starters are really good, but you got guys coming up there that are really good too. So we'll have a good pressure package, that's for sure. We'll quickly get through these last three. Bulldog Ben, Coach, do you think the defense will be as close to as good as it was in 2021? I don't know. It could be that good. It'll definitely be better than last year, in my opinion. I'll say that. Uh, Bulldog Ben also asked, Roddy, who's the biggest bust that you thought was going to be a stud? You've come uh, recruiting for a while. Uh, Clay Webb or Rashad Roundtree, but I don't want to call him a bust. Rashad had the, the injury. Remember, he's a five-star one of the nicest guys I've ever met, Clay Webb, one of the smartest guys I ever met. He also had injuries, so uh, with the ankle thing. But when you saw them both in high school, you're like, man, this guy's the first player, both of them. You're like, there's no question in my mind. It's like when you saw Broderick Jones, you saw Marius Mims, you know, uh, guys. You saw Matt Stafford, you know. We covered all these guys. We're like, no question. This guy's a badass. And then all of a sudden, you know, the injuries just hold you down, which goes back to our first question. You know, what, what, and I know the guy said, aside from injuries, you know, what, what, why some of these guys not pan out, but you know, that the injuries sideline those two. And it just, I still to this day think what could have been with Rashad or Clay Webb. And then San Diego Dog One asks, which young player on this team will make the biggest jump in a skill or role player position on the team? Hey, you, you could just roll the dice there. There's about 20 of them, but, uh, Raylan Wilson, I think, on defense, uh, Lawson Lucky on offense, uh, Dominic Lovett coming in here as a young player that we don't know a lot about people here. But all, all three of those could really jump up in there. Uh, uh, Ernest Green at tackle. We got a lot of good good people starting out there. I'm on the Aguero bandwagon. I'll keep beating oh, that yeah. drum. I'm not I mean, alone. I mean, anybody you bring up is probably better than what I say. I can't go over the whole lineup. <laughs> Give me Monroe. Freeling? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be good. That's the questions we have. That means it's time for Jim Donnan's joke. Okay, last, last uh, rattle out of the box here. This lady ends up uh, passing away and goes up to Pearly Gates and St. Peter is sitting there, and she looks across, and uh, everybody in her uh, past with her families at this uh, – nice table just laughing and waving at her and everything and she's saying how do i get in there i want to see my family what can i do he said well he said uh we got a technique up here he said you got to spell a word and if you can spell it you can get in so she said okay what is it he said love she said l-o-v-e and so she went right over there and started hugging up everybody and about two weeks later uh saint peter goes over to her and says look part of the deal being a new a uh, person up here in heaven is you have to work the gate for one afternoon because I can't just work all the time, but you, you're one of the newest people up here, so I need you to go to the gate. So uh, she goes to the gate, and the first person she sees that comes up there is her husband. And she said, oh, it's so good to see you. He said, uh, what happened? He said, well, after you died, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, I had a chance to uh, go out with the, uh, excuse me, there wasn't two weeks later, it was a year later. So a year later, she's on the anniversary, she had to do that for one afternoon. So she asked him uh, what happened. said, well, you know, after you died, I had a chance to uh, meet that young nurse that was taking care of you. And we decided to go uh, have a life together. We traveled all over the world. Everything went good. And then I was in a water skiing today out there. And all of a sudden, I hit my head on the side of a rock. And I guess that's why I'm up here. But I see all our family over there. Uh, how do I get in there? And she said, well, you have to spell one word. And he said, okay, what is it? He said, she said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't know where that was going. Not well, bad on not bad on the year there, but she had to have a year in between. But hey, uh, thanks for everybody coming up to me at the uh, and talking about our podcast. Uh, you know, I enjoy this and uh I hope that uh, you continue to watch us. Well, and I hope this comes through, but like one of the things that, cause there's a ton of shows out there and people can consume this. Us three are genuinely friends outside of this. We text each other all the time. Uh, we're at coach Donnan's house a lot. Like this is, I think that's the magic of our show is that we enjoy hanging out with each other. I look forward to this every week. Good. Yeah. I'm going to touch on Bob's question here. It says uh, stories are coming about, about players gambling. How on earth are schools going to deal with this when the entire sport is promoting gambling? Let's uh, save that for next week's show. Because I can tell you right now, it's a serious issue around colleges, not just on the players, but on campus. A lot of gambling among uh, dormitory people, fraternities, things like that. There, there's a lot of checkpoints that the SEC has on that uh, that work with the universities and work with the players. It's a really big deal to uh, counsel the players on it. We'll hit it next week, though. Yes, sir. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next Tuesday at noon. Take care. We'll see you then.